It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Steeler Fury. You are listening to your Pittsburgh Steelers show on the SteelerFury.com podcast. I'm your host, Bradshaw Ben, a.k.a. Zen on Twitter, a.k.a. some guy who watches every week thinking the Steelers are going to win no matter what and is frequently disappointed, uh, as he was this week, with me to share in my disappointment and misery. Uh, first of all, from somewhere uh, in Pittsburgh Suburban Zone 22. I, you, you probably move around. I think that's really what the problem is. You can't be... Uh, you're like evading the government or something. Uh, he is still Perch. He's unfortunately with us. How are you, sir? You sound a little different today. I think there might be some interference in the line. Listen <laughs> for that clicking noise. That's the thing. Uh, also with us, and probably also under surveillance by a number of government agencies, uh, is uh, FC. He's with us. Uh, how are you, sir? I've been better. I've been worse. Yeah, hopefully you guys had a nice uh, Christmas, a couple of days off to digest this uh, meal that we were served on Sunday. Um, I don't know. I, I want to start with you, FC, just to mix it up. You... Uh, you want to be an optimist and say the Steelers went toe-to-toe with probably the best team in the league and probably should have beaten them for, in a number of ways, or are you going to be the pessimist and be like, same old Steelers, SOS? Um, it would, I think it would be easier to say the same old Steelers. Um, I think that the Steelers, uh, everyone says we play to our, our level of competition. And what could be more true this year? This season, outside of Kansas City, I think that's the only team that really whacks us this year. Um, you know, the Steelers, you know, were beat by uh, the Saints and the referees <laughs> in New Orleans. Um, I, you know, I would like to, to say that, you know, we stink. You know, it's for the best. But if the Steelers make it, more made it into the playoffs. I think they have every bit as good a chance as any team, especially from the AFC, to come out of it. But, you know, you can't give games away. And the Raiders game and others look like they're going to come back and bite us in our ass. Yeah, all right. Uh, Perch, is it time for story time yet, or will that come later? Yeah, I mean... I'm kind of with, with FC. It's just such a weird game. It's such a weird season that you watch that game and, and I, you literally thought the Steelers are 
as good or better than any other team that's going to be in the playoffs. And there's a very real chance they won't be there. Uh, it's just kind of hard to understand how to feel. I mean, they they played, I think, some of their best ball. I actually think the defense had some good wrinkles and, and played fairly well uh, in some stretches. They were victimized by two awful interference calls. That was, you can't give the best team in the league on their home field 14 free points. <laughs> and that's kind of what the story of the thing was. But the real kick in the pants is the Steelers have been very healthy this year. I, I've been not intentionally not saying that all year. Uh, just because, you know, hey, I don't want to jinx it, but to be as healthy as they are the entire season and miss the playoffs despite playing as well as they are, it just doesn't make sense. But if by some Christmas miracle they do get in, uh, look out, because I think they can go on the road and beat everybody. So it's just where they are. Yeah, it's funny. Like, uh, FC, I'd almost argue that the two hottest – not hottest teams, but the the two teams I think could do a lot of damage in the postseason – uh, neither one might make it because Philly is in sort of the same position in the in the NFC. They they look like they on a given week they can beat anybody or lose to anybody. Uh, and it's sort of, you know, the Steelers and Eagles are going to be both feeling like they really missed out if they don't get in. Uh, no, I agree. And if I would add a third team, if uh, right now you were picking three teams in the NFL, you know, let's say that going into next week in the playoffs, sorry that I didn't want to play. This is actually honest it would be the Steelers would be the Eagles and I have two teams tied and you're going to laugh whenever I say the two teams Seattle even though they've and the other team is the Cleveland Browns Cleveland Browns yeah exactly I've said it's funny as funny as that sounds and if I told you in August that come you know right around the new year I was going to say holy shit Baker Mayfield is actually pretty good and I actually if he didn't quarterback Cleveland I think I would become a fan because I like his mannerisms no one's going to tell him anything and he fully expects to win every single fucking game and you know that's just like that's the moxie that I like yeah yeah me too and uh, whenever things go wrong it's all me I did it I didn't do enough you know, my teammates were great. It was me. I failed. I failed them. I failed you. I'm sorry. And yeah. it's, I just like that. I mean, that's well, the type of guy you get a war for. So, so Perch, a couple things I want to talk about uh, about the New Orleans game. I mean, you know, it's not even worth talking about officiating because there's not a damn thing you can do about it, and it's not a, it's not a correctable error. Um, you know, the team can do anything differently in the off season or whatever, right? Um, but the two things I want to talk about are – um, the, the narrative that the Steelers uh, made a mistake, that Tomlin in particular made a mistake by changing the strategy after they got the lead. And, and uh, you know, so it's, a, this, you know, it's football 101. You basically, you, you're killing them the entire game with the pass game. And, I, you know, you get that lead in the fourth quarter. And I think, I mean, I know that I thought for myself that what I really want to do here is, you know, drive – Drive this ball down their throat. This is the drive. This is the drive to take the, their will away from them. So it's like while while they're struggling to defend one thing, you know, you, you hit them with a counter punch and you hit them and you hit them and then you know, you hopefully you score and you put the game away or you just put it into a, you know uh, at least a seven point deficit or whatever. So Steelers came out and they they ran three times for twenty yards, uh, and people were talking about that being turtling. So, 
you know, I guess my question for you, Perch, is, or is that narrative a little bit misguided? Because I don't, you know, do you really feel like they took the air out of the ball at that point? Well, you know, they, I mean, they absolutely did. Uh, I mean, it was what two, two or three, three consecutive drives in a row where they never pat, never ran the ball more than once or twice on any of those drives, but they marched right down the field at will and scored. And, and it was pretty obvious that, you know, the, the matchups with the Saints corners on the outside were a big advantage for the Steelers. They could not cover Juju and Antonio, period. And to, it, it was, it was typical. It was like, Hey, it's the fourth quarter. Now we have a four point lead. We're going to start, the, the thought process was we're going to start milking the clock. We're going to start running and slowing the game down. When you need to look at it and say, we're playing Drew Brees in the dome, <laughs> he's probably going to score at least once more. We well, need to I, score at least once more. Right? My, point is, my point is it isn't really just milking. If you're, moving, if you're successfully, if you're saying basically, you know, we're going, to, we're going to run this ball down your throat and score, that's different than we're going to run this ball and run off some clock. You feel like that's the same thing? Um, you know, it, it, I think, yeah, I, I really do. I just, to me, it was the whole mentality had changed. It had changed from attacking to, and, and going to put up points, which they had to do because they were down and they were, you know, coming back to, to, to try and retake the lead to, we're going to do everything we can to hold on and not pucker up and lose this game. And that's what ended up happening. And it's happened a number of times over the past few seasons. We've seen it. They've blown four fourth quarter leads, and every time that they had a lead, the offense went into shutdown mode. You know, they just uh, slowed down yeah. and didn't score, and and the defense gave up the lead. Yeah, but to me, the the thing that he, I guess the argument I'm making is, it's not shutdown mode if you're driving the ball down the field. It's not, it's not like it's not like they were calling runs and getting one or two yards and then having to have Ben bail them out. It's like they're they were they were destroying them with the run basically on that drive that ended in the the fumble, and you know it was basically. Uh, 50-50 passing and running. And then, you know, they, ended, they ended up with a second and three at the New Orleans thirty-five. They're already on the other side of the field and thinking they're going to have they're going to go for it on four downs. Like you can, I think you can fault that second and three play call if you want. You know, get, uh, Samuel's running to middle, and I think you can fault the last you know uh, fiasco bringing in Ridley or you know running into a box, whatever you want to talk about, but. You know, uh, up to the, up to that point, I didn't really have a problem with that drive because it was working. It was kind of like the offensive coordinator who we always used to blame them. Why, you know, why do you never go play action if you're having so much success running the football, or why do you never mix it up, or you know, so on and so forth? So go ahead, I'll let you have the last word. Well, let me ask you a question: Who's the Steelers MVP this year? Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, uh, technically it's Juju. Who was the Steelers MVP last year? <laughs> I know technically Antonio Brown, right? <clears throat> right. Who, who the fuck were they giving the ball to? Stevan Ridley, who is uh, an also ran cast off, who got run out of New England for fumbling too much, and a, a rookie who never carried the ball more than twelve times in a game uh, in his entire life. Who do you trust in those situations? Your, your season's on the line. Do you want the ball in Ben, Juju, and AB's hands, or do you want it in those two fucking chodes? Who were you know? And how many how many seasons have the Steelers had where they they lost a big game due to a running back fumble? A lot. Yeah. No, <laughs> did, was, you, you know, did you see that stat? It's eleven times in Ben's career. Yep. For the most, the quarterback with the next most who's playing currently has four. 
Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have, have had four games where they, they uh, had running back fumble late and lost the game. And if you sat there and read down the list of the running backs who fumbled for him, it's been the same situation over and over and over again. They run the, to the star until the wheels fall off. Some freaking bum from nowhere comes in and, and takes over in, in critical games down the stretch, and that guy fumbles the ball. So you intentionally thought it was a good idea to give the ball to those guys. And said, ben, and here's another thing. that, that the, the fourth down play, uh, where they, or the third down, third and two, where they ran up the middle and fumbled, Ben should have had the ball in his hands and passed it. The fourth down and five play where they went for the fake uh, punt. Give Ben the opportunity those two times. He probably makes two first downs. Yeah. Quick, don't get cute. Don't don't be tricky. Put the ball in the hands of a Hall of Famer with two all-pro wide receivers and get the fucking downs. Okay. So I I told you I'd give you the last word, but I'll say this. Your offensive line – is like the you know the your your two wide receivers are stars. Your quarterback is a stud. Your offensive line is also a studly offensive line. So uh, to me, instead of thinking of it as putting in the, the game in the hands of Ridley, then let him let him pass block, right? Because you know what, they're better. Hand is the ball actually in? You know, I'd rather have the ball in the hands of the guys that take care of it. Yeah, I buy. I mean, definitely on the on the third and two play. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't love the play call on second and three. I don't love the play call on third and two. When it comes to now. So we're we're in agreement that that was not a good choice. Uh, FC, uh, you want to weigh on this, or, or weigh in on this, or should I give you the next question? I'll weigh in quickly. Um, today's NFL, um, the way, especially with the Steelers, um, I don't think you start protecting leads until you have 17 points. I would up until two or three years ago, I would have said 10 point lead. You start protecting. With the way the game is officiated and the way the game's going, I don't take my even begin taking my foot off the pedal until I have a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter. Maybe that's a result of things that we do. Maybe it's a result of the Steelers' lack of ability to play defense. But I do agree with the fact that we got to be more Ben-centric, you know, going forward. Meaning next season or if. You know, we get gifts this season where you just don't take your foot off the pedal. And I don't believe in winning with class anymore. Every game, their goal should be 72 points. We're going to score 72 fucking points. And if the other team scores 73, that's fine. But I want 72 on the board. I'm fucking, you know, Oklahoma 1983. We're going to put 72 on the board. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, I guess the only uh, the only thing I say about this is that I think they were still trying to score. It's not like they were taking, it's not like they were literally taking the air out of the ball. I um, do not I think disagree they were going to, I think they were going to score on that drive, in fact. When, when taking the air out of the ball versus, you know, the same, you don't learn. They obviously don't learn from mistakes because over the last three or four seasons, the same things have happened. Well, that thing with the, you know, some nobody running back fumbling the game away. Right. You know that that's that eleven is, times. <laughs> yeah, that's my dad. Guy told me it's happened eleven times in my Hall of Fame quarterback's career. So. Yeah, I, have to, I hear you. Uh, so, FC, the question, the other question I was going to ask is the other. You know, after the Steelers got uh, a defensive pass interference against Joe Hayden on another fourth down bailout call, bullshit call, correct? Uh, the Steelers gave up somehow. On you know, they got a sack. They got the you know the Saints pinned back and so on and so forth. Right. Um, their receiver dropped a seam pass that would probably would have been close to a first down. On the right. next play, they run quarters, 
coverage and they give up a play against quarters coverage that you should never give up against quarters coverage. How how does that, I mean, how does that happen? I mean, it was tough. It's a tough, it's a tough handoff because it's three, three verticals. um, I think that we've managed to draft one of the, and I could be wrong, but Terrell Edmonds seems really fucking stupid to me. Football instincts wise. Um, that's part of the problem. Um, and we have some limitations in the other positions. I mean, if we're being really, really honest, if you sit there and look, there's two defensive backs that I'm really kind of happy with. It's Joe Hayden. And slowly but surely, I've become a fan of Sean Davis. He still makes mistakes, but I can see going forward him being a quality player. Now, don't get me wrong. Terrell Edmonds may end up being the real, real deal and he's young, and he's got things rushing through his head. But take the ability to think away from him and let the athlete be an athlete. Third down and 21, after Kirkwood or whatever that guy dropped the ball on second and 21, I'm fucking heating up to Brace. He's checking the ball down. If we heat him up and he makes a play, or if they call pass interference again and fuck us, I'd much rather lose that way than with a silly fucking zone coverage where the guy sits down between two players and, you know, we're, we basically just fucked away, you know, a great play, you know, by TJ Watt, you know, great pass rush from Cam Hayward and step into it to collapse the pocket. You know, uh, we're a poorly coached team. Well, I'll get to that in the, in as this goes on, but you know, it's, it's scary how, poorly coached we are yeah i mean that the thing is that pass to uh, that i was talking about to uh uh ted ginn at the end of the game there you know i mean i i don't know i mean you can you can blame that on edmonds if you want i think that's sean davis i do uh, i do too but what i i think that sean davis was trying to do a little bit more because of the issues that edmonds had had in this game and in past games yeah, where he was trying to do too much because he didn't trust the guy that was playing beside him. Sure. Um, yeah, it's funny. Like I, you know, went back and looked at the 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 whole that whole Saints drive, especially those those first three plays. It's like first play, Sean Davis abandons a guy coming across the middle, and the second play, you know, receivers wide open, drops the ball, and third play, Sean Davis, you know, bails again. I mean, I'm just saying it's like you want to know why you're giving up 20-yard pass plays. <laughs> you know, As you said, heating them up maybe is the solution except for Perch. I don't, it didn't seem like the Steelers were getting a lot of – early in the game when they, gave, when they blitzed, they got a little, you know, little bit more action against Breeze, but it didn't seem like the blitz was really working very well. So do you advocate what FC is saying? You think we should have played them a little bit more aggressively there at the end? Yeah, I think they, they should have fanned them up and, and played tight. I mean, it's third and 20. You you want Breeze to get that ball out as quick as humanly possible. But also at FC's point, when you draft dumb players and don't coach them up well, you have tons of miscommunications. What have we seen on the Steelers' defense time and time and time again all year? That's why Artie Burns doesn't play anymore. Uh, it just the miscommunications and people being out of position and, and blown assignments. That one touchdown that the, they gave up uh, when Artie Burns started the game against uh, New England. That was the most wide open, uh, according to the statistics guys, any wide receiver was on a catch the entire season. He had nobody within 13 yards of him. 
I mean, that does, that isn't a physical ability there. It's a mental ability in coaching and, and scheme. So you're drafting dumb players who can't learn or you aren't properly teaching them so they understand, you know, uh, assignment football. And that uh, it's come back to bite them over and over and over again for years. And, and, the, and the kick in the pants is, and I know you like to defend Tomlin, you've got a coach who made his bones in the league as a secondary coach and a defensive backs coach and a defensive coach. That's been the Achilles heel of this team for his entire reign here. Yeah, I can't argue that. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, they're either, they're, as you said, they're either drafting guys poorly or doing something. I mean, but what's really infuriating about it is that they, they played, the secondary played pretty damn well for at least the middle, you know, half, two thirds of that game to only to, you know, change and go right back to what they, I mean, that's a problem though. It's like quarterbacks. Um, their worst qualities will come out when the game is on the line. Right. And I feel like that's our defensive secondary right now. It's like, they can look really good for a few, a few uh, quarters, lots of drives. But when the game is on the line, they'll, they'll revert right back to their bad habits and, you know, bad stuff that they like to do. Um, and, you know, is that coaching? Yes. Is that drafting? Yes. It's the whole thing. You know, it's, it's everything. Um, Okay, so FC, I guess that question goes to you. Is there hope? <laughs> I mean, for the se- for this season or for, for any- next year? For anything, man. Can you give us anything? For this season, there's hope. Um, the, the, for is there hope? Here, I'm going to say, um, as we're, we're currently constructed, no. I'm going to tell you why, real quick. Um, what I watched the little talk shows on TV. And um, on Skip Bayless, who's a fucking asshole, and Shannon Sharp, who is probably a bigger fucking asshole, they had on James Harrison. And I, don't, I haven't seen this covered very much. And they flatly asked, should Mike Tomlin be fired? And James Harrison went directly answer the question, but he said, here's the problems with the Steelers. Um, number one, no one respects Mike Tomlin. It's not Mike Tomlin's team. He's like, I'm not – people make a big deal about me falling asleep and – just not paying attention to Mike Tomlin. That's true for 45 players on the team, 46 players on the team. He said, Ben laughed him off. He's like, don't be confused. He's Randy Fitchner should be called tattoo. And uh, he's like, he does basically whatever Ben Roethlisberger tells him. He said, uh, he's like the inmates completely run the asylum. No one has any respect for Mike Tomlin. Um, He should have been fired three years ago. He didn't come out and say that, but he's like, a change should have been made just because no one listens to him. The, he's like, and so no players listen to him. Nobody respects him. NFL referees don't respect him. Other NFL coaches don't respect him. He said that there's no doubt in his mind that the Sears are one of the three or four most talented teams in the NFL, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, that's just James Harrison being an asshole. About two hours later on the Dan Patrick show, um, Heinz Ward basically mimicked the same things, and he said Mike Tomlin should have been fired. So, with that, no, I don't think there's too much hope. When you got, I'm I I'm the fuck collar guy. I never realized outside the outside noise, and whenever you have former players who basically say, "Yeah, the guy is a clown. No one listens to him. He has no authority," and fuck him. So no, there's no hope with that. Is being the head of your organization, which makes me stop and think, would Sean Payton have those pass interference calls called against him? Would Bill Belichick have those pass interference called against his team? You know, 
it is what it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you, you could you could make a case that you know that uh, Tomlin called out the officials early in the season, and this is just the sort of payback, you know. Oh, <laughs> he should be banging that drum every week. Yeah, I mean, there has to be something that changes. The question you, I'll throw to you, to you, to do you think we are a talented enough team to be in the playoffs this year? And what has prevented us from being in the playoffs this year? Well, they should be a one or two seed. What's prevented them has been the same shit that's prevented them year after year. Uh, undisciplined players, blown assignments, playing down to competition, stupid mistakes over and over. Uh, you, you've got a kicker who should have been cut week two, uh, who's still missing kicks uh, throughout the year, and that, that won't change. Uh, and I think that's more of an organizational decision than just the head coach. But damn, <laughs> yeah. you know, and the thing is, they're wasting a healthy season. The, yeah. the, the team is remarkably healthy. I mean, you don't have major stars who've gone down with injury. You've got a really healthy team. You know, James Conner missed a couple games, big deal. Marcus Gilbert missed most of the season, but the guy who's replaced him has been, you know, pretty darn close to as good. Uh, he, defensively, I mean, if they lost anybody for any significant stretches, not really. Two, it missed a couple games, big deal. Um, it's a very healthy team, very talented team, Hall of Famers and and and. Six Pro Bowlers. You got six Pro Bowlers leading the AFC. You know you, you ought to be in the playoffs, but they're not. And for the same reasons that we see year after year, it comes down to the coach and you know the organization's too chicken shit to replace them. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess what I will say is, yes, like any football team, there's a lot of shit that happens in the course of the year that you would like to have back and wouldn't, you know, it definitely contributed to whatever your record ends up being. Um, but I, I'm sorry, I, I refuse to let, let go of this. They played games against probably, if not the two best teams that they played, two of the three best teams that they played this season, where they literally, the, the opposing team was gifted multiple touchdowns. And, and it's the difference between hanging on by the skin of your life for a playoff spot and contending for a bye. And to me, that's, that's about where this, you know, that's about where the season has gone. With, you know, despite all of the other mistakes you know, if you get a simple false start call against the San Diego and you get a simple pass interference call properly against New Orleans, they're probably two very different games. And it's it's not like something happened early in the game, early in the drive, and you can say, well, we, we got screwed by the officials. They basically gift-wrapped multiple, multiple touchdowns against you. So I, you can't – nobody likes to talk about that because you can't change anything about that, and it's not about the head coach, and it's not about players, and it's not about who you drafted. Um, or maybe it's a little about the head coach because Perch makes a good point, but but man, that to me is the story of the season. They right now, if they don't make the playoffs, they got dicked royally. You know, how about week one? The punt that goes off the player's face mask. Yep. And oh, I mean, there's you know, basically field goal kicker, field goal kicker, and penalties. Man, that's the season to me. Well, um, there's another one that we didn't talk about yet. Was in this game the New England or I'm sorry, the New Orleans player caught the ball. Got two feet down. Uh, looked like he made a football mm-hmm. move. Got jacked. It was fumbled. We picked it up, and we didn't challenge. I mean, it, that was one that could have been overturned that we didn't even challenge because Tomlin has a shitty record of winning challenges. Yeah, <laughs> there's actually another one besides for that. Perch, how about along the sidelines where um, the guy uh, didn't get both feet in, and uh, Tomlin didn't challenge. Yeah, you know, that was in the. I think that was in. The, I thought that was the last two minutes. But I know about that play. That that, that was a homer. Two thirty-two. 
That was a Homer Reason. replay, though. They didn't yeah. they didn't get that replay until late. Like I don't know. You know. Then you have a defensive call. Omaha, Omaha, where three people fall down with muscle injuries, <laughs> and you make sure you get that call. Perch, can we get FC as the next coach of the Steelers? What do you think that would be like? <laughs> no, I, I think we probably uh, he couldn't do worse, right? I could not. <laughs> well, hey, while, while we're bitching about officiating, I, I got a, a stat I'll throw out there for you. Okay. Uh, which team has benefited uh, from the most opposing team penalties in the NFL this year? New England. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Believe oh. that or not. <laughs> 127 penalties against our opponents. Uh, league average is about 104. But so, how many? How many are? How many of the Steelers committed? They committed more than that, haven't they? No, we've only committed 102, which oh, is okay. Uh, so I'll give you the exact stat here. We've committed 102, which puts us about uh, middle of the league, about 16 uh, yards against. However, uh, we are fourth, uh, which tells you it's a lot of pass interference calls. The Steelers lead the league uh, with 11 pass interference calls against. You know, six of those came against uh, who was the, the crew? Was it Carl Sheffer's crew this last week? Well, I think so, yeah. Okay, so yeah, the two games that he officiated the Steelers, he called six pass interference calls on the Steelers. Three in the Baltimore game and three against New Orleans. Wow. So tell me that that one crew being assigned those two games didn't change some significant outcome of the season too. Yeah, well, uh, I can't – I'm not going to argue that. Um, How about this, guys? Keith Butler says – Quote, Tyler Eifert will be a problem for us to cover. This did he really said, say that? <laughs> yeah, apparently he did. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, then he said Jarvis Jones is going to have a tough assignment this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Only if Jones Reed can play two gap. For, the, for those of you listening at home, Tyler Eifert is on injured reserve. Yeah. So. And Jarvis yeah. Jones, I think, is working at fucking Chick-fil-A. So, well, like, I wonder, you know, I wonder if, uh, all, you know, the Steelers are a team that seems to thrive on drama. Maybe this is good for them this week. You know, I don't know. Oh man. If the, you know, if they manage to get in with all this going on, maybe, uh, you know, let me know. put it this way. If they get in, let's say if they get in, will either one of you be shocked if they fucking make a ton of noise? I'm not going to say go the whole way. But if they slide in, tell me it wouldn't be just so classic Pittsburgh and so classic the NFL if they made so much noise. Well, here, where, I, go ahead. I think that they're they're favorites in the first two games. They'd be playing home against uh, the Chargers, who they thoroughly handled uh, despite losing the game the first time. At home, they're going to be probably a fourth point favorite. Week two would be what at uh, oh is it at uh, Texans loss? So we'd be at. New England. We beat. I mean, I think the Steelers could definitely go into New England and win. Yeah, they, they won't the Chiefs, be a favorite the, in that game, though. The Chiefs no, are nowhere you know. near as strong right now as they were earlier in the year. I think that I would expect. I would probably in the score game pick Pittsburgh to win all three of those games, and then get to the Super Bowl and play the same Saints team they just outplayed last week. I mean, you don't think that we're as good or better than those four teams? I mean, that would be the path. It's, well, it's yeah, the it's thing. Like if they get in. I, I, I don't see anybody that's better, you know. I'd hate to be vulgar on our podcast, but you need to take it to the dance if you're going to get some trim. <laughs> it's just, 
yeah, a horrible true. way of putting it. It's, but you need that ticket to the dance. So. I mean, I'll, I'll even go this far, Perch. If the Steelers get into the playoffs and win the by winning the division, uh, their their AFC Championship game might be at home. You know, it's like if, if that that if Baltimore or Indianapolis gets a six seed, uh, I think they have a chance to win a couple of games. You know, so yeah, yeah I wouldn't rule anything out uh, as far as that's concerned. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about this week's matchup. Um, I mean, I'm, my biggest concern here. Uh, and I'll st- this is a good one for FC. My biggest concern here is the Bengals uh, taking exacting the revenge for their season on uh, injuring Steelers players. I-, I know this is a cliche in this matchup, but boy, it just sure does seem to have a, a-, a long uh, shelf life. So, so how do you see this playing out in this game? Um, injuries happen. I mean, I'm not Jeff Driscoll, their quarterback. Um. As funny as it sounds, I've been a fan. I was a fan of was at Florida and at Louisiana Tech. Um, he's an athletic hombre. You know, he's a better, definitely a, got better better arm, definitely a better athlete than than the Red Rifle. Um, I actually fear Driscoll every bit as much, if not more, than the Red Rifle. The thing is, is no AJ Green, no Tyler Boyd, no Eifert. Um, and you're playing in Pittsburgh, and I, I Joe Mixon is. I don't knock on wood. I don't see Joe Mixon being us. Um, if this game, I just, I know. I hope the Steelers aren't overlooking the Bengals the way I am. But it's just, you know, the Bengals are playing hard, but they just don't have the bullets, the fire at this point. And defensively, they're. Just on, they've been on the field so much this season. Just teams have ground on them and ground on them and ground on them. So I expect that the Steelers are going to handle their business. Um, I don't think the Bengals are going to necessarily roll over and show their belly by any stretch of the imagination. It's just I don't think they have enough. Yeah, I got you. Persh, um, <clears throat> any, any chance in your mind – that you that this game is uh like will this be a lackluster Steelers performance because you know they're they're feeling like their chances aren't good or you know are they are we going to see this team that steamrolls everybody uh, that they're that that challenges them like the like this you know, steamrolls but I mean are we going to see some kind of like a you know they put it all together week seventeen game yeah yeah so day late dollar short they come out like world beaters when when you know their fate's pretty much already decided. Yeah. I think that's what happens, but you know that that piece of human trash, Vontez Perfect, has got his brain scrambled. I don't think he'll be playing this week. Drake Kirkpatrick's out, and that defense has been leaking for for weeks on end. Um, uh, the Steelers' offense is going to light these guys up, and I don't think Driscoll and and Mixon can keep up. You know, it's just I think you know the Steelers are favored by fourteen for a reason at home. Um, that's a huge line. So I, I think even Vegas is on to it. And Pittsburgh has to win. They're going to win. And I think a lot of us will be flipping over to the uh, Browns-Ravens game as much as we can just to see what's going on there. But, you know, it, it, it's all going to yeah, it's, it's all going to come down to what happens in those two games. And I think Pittsburgh's definitely going to hold up their end of the bargain. But that other the other game is yeah, it's, a, it's a tough place for, for Cleveland to go and, and pull out a win. Yeah, I got you. I mean, let's okay, well, well, let's move on to our uh, our 
our pick segment, around the league pick segment, because that's really where it's at this week. Um, brought to us by Chico's Bill Bonds, those corrupt motherfucking NFL referees, Santa Claus, and uh, I hate this son of a bitch so much, but he said it best. Uh, Chris Carter and Nick, I can't remember his name. Uh, it's not Perry, but anyway, they're on before Skip in whatever his name is on Fox, and he basically came out and said that Cleveland's going to beat Baltimore, and Pittsburgh's going to beat Cincinnati. Nick Wright, and Pittsburgh's going to beat Cincinnati, and everyone's going to be pissed off. So I'll give it to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, Perch. Uh, let's let's talk about these games. Let's before we get to the the, the main attractions. Um, I guess I'm wrong. The, the Ravens cannot be the sixth seed anymore. I guess their only chance to get in the playoffs is to win and win the division. So they won't be uh, matching up against New England or anything like that. But um, which is probably a you know net negative for the entire league uh, as far as everyone else's chances. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this Indianapolis Tennessee game. Uh, I'll start with you, Perch. Uh, who do you figure uh, wins that game, or do we see a tie? <laughs> you, you, you know, <laughs> like you know, a tie uh, would be a, a very good thing for us, there, right? Yeah. Um, but the Colts have won that. How much? Uh, Twelve in a row. The Colts have beaten the Titans. Something ridiculous like that. Like that. Yeah. Uh, this, this is probably the best version of the Titans defense uh, that we've seen. Boy, everything tells me I should pick the Colts. I think I'm going to go. With with the Titans in the game to pull the upset, even though they're I think they're at home, they've got the playoffs on the line right in front of them, and they've been beat by the Colts so many times. You're not going to beat. It's hard to beat a team 13 times in a row. So I'm going to take the Titans in an upset, uh, 24 to 23. FC, what are you thinking? If Perch just didn't pick the Titans to knock off the Colts, I was going to do it. Um, it's a flip a coin type of game. Um, I watched the Colts just really struggled to stop the run three out of the last four weeks. And Derrick Henry has run like a motherfucker three out of the four last uh, weeks. Um, I'm going to take the Colts to win 27-24 in a nail-biter. But it's a flip-a-coin type of game. Yeah, I, I think you guys are missing the big picture here. The NFL has a chance to have Andrew Luck in the playoffs I think it's <laughs> the Titans face a tall task because they're going to be playing against two teams. Um, so I, I just, I mean, I don't think the Titans might be the most boring team in football that isn't bad. Um, so I, I find it very difficult to believe that that some they're they're not going to get a couple of you know the, the Colts are not going to get a couple of extra breaks in this game, and that probably is enough to be the difference in a point in a coin toss game. Um, so that's my cynical reply to all of that um any chance you guys think either you think houston has a chance to lose to jacksonville and uh excuse me should have put that the other way uh if new england loses to the jets and houston beats jacksonville um they would flip seeds do you guys see any chance of that happening no i don't see new england losing to the jets yeah i don't either yeah, so that would be about the only other thing that can move in the in the AFC. Um, and uh, who do you think gets that last that last spot in the in the playoffs? You guys think uh, Minnesota or Philly? I guess would be my other question. 
Wow. So, so first, well, go ahead. I don't tr- trust fucking Kirk Cousins one motherfucking bit. And Nick Foles, until that clock starts, you know, and he starts playing football, you're just like, what the? Okay, I understand. I'll put it this way. Um, I would say the I'm gonna I would take the Eagles and going into next year if Nick Foles leads the Eagles into the Super Bowl, Doug Peterson has a big, big, big fucking problem because there's no way Carson Wentz can be your starter going into next year. <clears throat> yeah, it definitely is an issue. Uh, they'll have oh, to it's deal a big with. issue. Yeah. Big issue. I mean, the thing about this situation is Chicago. You know, it's, they're faced that same situation that the that the Texans do. Um, the Rams would have to lose to the 49ers uh, at home uh, for the Bears to improve their playoff seating. So, about the only thing that can happen this game is that that can change things here is that Chicago, if they lose to Minnesota, they know that next week they get Minnesota. <laughs> you know, and from their standpoint, I think you could argue you could make an argument that they would much rather play the Vikings the second week in a row. Show them all their vanilla stuff the first, you know, this matchup, and then next week come at them full bore, and uh, not have to face the Eagles right now. I think probably suits the Bears. So, as much as I would like to see Philly in the playoffs, I think that the Bears uh, would be foolish, really, to to try to bring the Philly, uh, you know, to play in a first round game. That sounds like a very bad idea. Um, so, once again, the cynical self. <laughs> he's, he's all he's all over these picks. All right, let's talk about. Um, your Cleveland, your Cleveland uh, Ravens game. Seriously, not like okay. We really, we all three of us, of course, want Cleveland to win. Uh, what's the best argument you can make, uh, Perch, for for Baltimore losing this game? Uh, let's see. I just don't trust Lamar Jackson. I think you know. Eventually, teams are going to find a way to key on him and slow down and stop the run. And when they do. I haven't. I mean, he's had one game over 200 yards passing. They're protecting him, and, and Baker Mayfield's pretty hot right now. I mean, if Baker Mayfield can throw the ball and get Cleveland into the position of having a lead, which we haven't seen, haven't seen uh, Jackson really have to play from behind much yet. Maybe they can get him off schedule and and, and create some havoc. To me, that's what it's going to come down to. If Cleveland can go out and get a touchdown early and, and take a, a seven point lead, or maybe push it up to a ten point lead and get Baltimore you know, out of their sink, uh, that's their only real chance to win. If Baltimore goes down and drives and gets touchdowns and field goals and, and their defense is stifling Cleveland, you know, Baltimore's not a team you can really come back on. So somebody's got to get a lead, play from ahead, and just get Baltimore off, off of what they're trying to do. Yeah, I mean, I really want, you know, I want to believe FC, but Browns are 21st against the run. This is the scary mm-hmm. thing to me. So, mm-hmm. I mean, could it, could it be that the Browns – or try to like uh, turn it into a shootout. I mean, that to me, that to me is the strategy. You want the if you're the Browns, you want the pace of this game to be zip, zip, zoom, rather than slug it out. Sure. Yeah. Um. They played once this year, and uh, it was in Cleveland, and uh, Cleveland beat the fuck out of them. That's one. Uh, number two, if uh, you attempt to show uh, three tight ends and two backs at uh, Cleveland, um, Greg Williams is going to show you the pump block. Uh, that's number two. Um, and uh, number three, uh, Baker Mayfield uh, is pretty, pretty, pretty hot right now. And uh, number four, um, it is how big would it be for the city of Cleveland to go in for for their team to go into Baltimore and knock them out of the playoffs? 
And uh, lastly, um, wouldn't it be just like Jim Harbaugh to fuck things up somehow, some way, to save his job, save his job, save his job? Oh my God, I just fucked it away. <laughs> I, I really, really, really <clears throat> think that Cleveland has a legitimate shot. This isn't like we're cheering for the Bengals, the current Bengals, to beat Baltimore and Baltimore. This it's it's a, it's a different situation. And I mean, for the Browns to finish eight and eight, that would be a pretty pretty big deal. Yeah. Well, actually, they finish above uh, above. You're right. Eight seven and one. Yeah. So even that, I mean, that's like I you know can't remember the last time Cleveland was above five hundred. Been a while. Um, you know, here's I'll throw a little something at you. Since Hugh Jackson and and therefore Todd Haley uh, are gone in Cleveland, uh, a lot of talk about Baltimore's offense, how they've revamped it. They're, Baltimore's offense is about twentieth over that stretch in the NFL. The, the Browns' offense over that same stretch is around tenth in the NFL. So, so the the Browns have actually had more of an offensive resurgence uh, since that happened than uh, the the Ravens have down the stretch. So, I think there's some hope for that. But I, I, you know, the best argument for the Browns winning is is emotional. It's that you know, giant win for them, a giant win for their interim coach who might like to be their head coach, uh, and a giant win for that franchise. You know, this is why Baker Mayfield was brought in to to change the sort of the mindset of that. Team. They win this game. They go into next year. As I said, people are going to be calling them the favorite to win a division next year. And I think they're, you know, they're, people are going to start to believe in that team a little bit. And if you think about what they can add, especially offensive pieces and stuff like that for next year, they'll, they'll add a couple of receivers, the linemen. Before you know it, they're going to be a pretty damn good team. So let us hope we can eke into the playoffs and win a couple of Super Bowls before the Browns get too good. <laughs> That's where I'm at with that. We lose Ben and the Browns are good. It'd be time to like take some vacations off of the NFL. Uh, so anyway, um, all right, let's actually pick it. Um, I'll start. I, I, you know, I was pretty confident this two weeks ago. I thought the Browns were going to win this game. I still think they're good. I still think I will pick them. I think this is going to be a gut-wrenchingly close game that the Browns win, and it's going to really torture us. If we don't all have a heart attack by the end of Sunday, uh, we, you know, we we're living right. Um, Perch, what do you think is actually happening? I'm going to go Ravens 24-17. I just think that uh, they're going to be able to run the ball well enough because the Cleveland's going to struggle a bit. I don't think I think Baker Mayfield will get forced into a couple of, of bad plays or interceptions just because Baltimore's defense is so good. You know, that crowd, it's a tough place to play to begin with. They're, that's essentially a playoff game for Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, chances of them pissing that game away is pretty small. I just think that it's fitting into the Steelers season. I think the Steelers will look like world beaters this week and win by 20 or 30, and and they'll be sitting home with, uh, you know, staring Mike Tomlin in the face uh, for, for the whole offseason with no playoffs again. Great. Uh, optimism. <laughs> FC. Um, I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns 24-21. Um, Baker Mayfield is uh, – going to leave that it's going to be a tie game he's going to lead them down the field they're going to pound through a fucking field goal and uh bedlam makes the playoffs yeah bedlam bedlam. In, Cleveland and pittsburgh yeah. yeah yeah right on all right well that does it for our illustrious around the league pick segment uh brought to us by a host of great sponsors chico's bail bonds by the way you know you can uh if you'd like to purchase chico's bail bonds memorabilia and t-shirts from the sealer fury podcast 
Uh, drop us a line, <laughs> stealafreepodcast at gmail.com. It can be done. Uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about this week's, uh, I don't know, are we calling it a five-star matchup? Sure. It's a, it's a four and a half. And fittingly for the Steelers, it should involve a half, a four and a half star <laughs> matchup this week against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals or what's left of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I'll start with the UFC. What are you feeling this week for the Steelers? Uh, you're going to, I think the Steelers, you're just going to just, I don't want to say hang points. It'll be a, they'll probably win 27, 10 type of game. Um, at times, I think they're going to look like they're going through the motions because of what could have been. But, you know, uh, I think this they'll, they'll play with enough emotion where this could be the final could be the final home game for Ben at Heinz Field. This could be the end. Oh, my God. Speaking of heart attacks, so, don't, don't give me that one yet. Jesus. You know, um, it could – you know, and there's other players that this could be the end for, you know, for the Steelers. So, you know, this – you'll get – an emotional, you know, may possibly last game of uh, of a lot of people's careers. This could be the last game for Ben, for Tomlin, for Keith Butler, Chris Boswell. Uh, Artie Burns. Artie Burns. <laughs> Marcus Gilbert. Uh, was, we, we don't know that he exists, though. Right. Uh, Perch. Uh, <clears throat> uh, how do you see this? Um, yeah, I, I think the uh, Steelers offense is going to do what they do. I mean, I, Cincinnati's really depleted. I, I think we win and don't cover. So I'm going to call it uh, 30 to 17. So 14 point spread. Steelers win by 13 just because they're the Steelers. But, um, you know, and that'll be uh, two playoff wins for the Steelers in eight years because they will miss the playoffs. And uh, Rooney's got a tough decision to make. You keep hanging on to Tomlin. He's got former players calling him out. You've got a supremely talented team. A bunch of guys make you know the Pro Bowl and All Pro every year. You have too many stupid mistakes and too much undiscipline on that team, uh, and it continues to cost him. Either, you know, to me, I think this is going to be Rooney's. Uh, you know, this is going to be the younger Rooney's version of passing on Dan Marino. Is holding on to Mike Tomlin too long and wasting Ben's uh, prime years. So tough decision in the off season. I think this is the last. Uh, Last podcast we'll do until the uh, the draft time. So uh, nice talking to you guys, and and I'll see you uh, come draft time. But uh, there will not be a podcast next week talking about the playoffs. Dude, you better if we have a podcast next week, you better uh, phone in. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> if we do, I know you don't believe. You know, you've taken the motto of this this the show and this Steelers fandom. You've turned it upside down, Perch. Don't believe. Don't believe. <clears throat> don't believe the hype. Uh, I mean, I, I think the Steelers will win this game. I think it's tough to play, though, when you are you know, essentially scoreboard watching. So uh, all the Steelers can do is, I guess, go out there and methodically win against the Bengals, but you know that one eye is going to be on the scoreboard. I, I guess, um, <clears throat> you know, I also think the Steelers will win. If I have to pick a score, I will say 33-17. No, I'm not going to say that. That's stupid. I'm going to say that the final score of this game is a very lackluster 27 27- to 10 Steelers win. Um, but uh, 27 to 10 Steelers win. I, I, the real question, though, is, uh, and I'll start with you, Perch, what time in the Steelers game do you stop watching the Steelers game and start watching Baltimore-Cleveland? 
Well, if it was an option, I, I would only watch Baltimore Cleveland because I'm tired of watching the fucking Steelers. <laughs> and I kind of already know how that game's going to turn out. I mean, honestly, it's, you know, if one of the two games is really in doubt, it's the other. So if they were both actually broadcast, which they, obviously they wouldn't be here uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, I would I would watch Cleveland Baltimore the entire time. Um, but that's just me. Yeah, FC. When did when did the Steeler fans switch? Um, a modern day Pittsburgh Steeler fan is watching the Pittsburgh Steelers on TV and on their mobile device or their iPad. They're watching the Cleveland Browns feed in Baltimore Ravens feed, so they're watching both. Yeah. I think that's the trick question. Yeah, I think I'm going to uh, break tradition and go somewhere and suffer with some other Steelers fans. <clears throat> so we'll see here in in New York City. So if you're in New York, reach out. We'll find a good spot. <laughs> uh, Perch, I'm a little afraid. Is there no story time? I'll give you your I'll give you your final word. Okay, final word this week. I'll give you a, I'll give you a little story time here. Uh, so. <laughs> If you're, uh, you've got a kid and they're into baseball cards and you happen to buy them a pack of uh, 1983 Topps baseball cards and you've had a little too much wine that day and you open up that pack and there's a stick of gum in there, don't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I know from experience, it started feeling a little nostalgic. I'm like, oh, this takes me back to my childhood. I grabbed that hard-ass stick of gum and I bit into it. Oh my! It, it immediately liquefied. It wasn't gum at all. It was just the most disgusting rotten thing I've ever eaten. I thought you were going to say you were having to get a fucking root canal. It was the no, corpse. No. You know, it was the corpse of gum is what you really ate. You know. Well, that that corpse. I mean, if you remember eating that stuff back in 1983, it was shitty then. It was hard. It had no right. flavor. It was awful. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna eat it. I, I oh god. So don't do that. Be be smart. Don't eat 1983 gum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> FC. Final word. Um, if this is the end, and I mean the end, the end, and Ben says, fuck it, um, I want you to remember this. It is not B2B's fault. It is not Perch's fault. It is not FC's fault. It is Mike Tomlin's fault. <laughs> Excellent. This is the end, my friend. Yeah. Why are we even uh, talking about that? He already said he's, you know, you know, I'm pretty sure he's coming back next year. Here's the other right. thing. Yeah. With all the drama and with all the drama and all that other shit that, that goes on with Ben, I'll guarantee you right now, he is too proud to hang it up before Rivers and Eli Manning do. There's no I way agree. he's going to let those guys play longer than him, get the spotlight longer than him, or finish with better stats. As much as he says, I don't know what my stats are and I don't care, I know damn well for sure he is. He's gonna, you know, he's had it in since he was drafted third. If he was going to finish with a better career than those guys. So he ain't hanging up until they get So I, I, I don't know. I think he's already thinking about playing to 40. we got another three or four years with him. Yeah, let us hope so. Cause I mean, well, do you think that cocksucker Cameron Jordan thinks he's a Hall of Famer yet? Because <laughs> could Ben have been any better against the Saints? I don't think so, man. He was – he was. Uh, I mean, especially early in the game, the Saints threw everything at him and, and really had him under pressure, and he still did what he did. So. Yep. Um, anyway, okay, well, uh, since Perch, Perch's story was pretty short, boys and girls gather around, I've got a story for you. <laughs> it was a wintry day in Baltimore, and the Ravens needed only to win against an inferior opponent with a 6-9 and nine record to clinch a playoff spot and add to their legacy under Jim Harbaugh. 
or is it John Arbaugh? No one can ever remember which. Yeah. On this cold and wintry day, the opponent, however, scored a touchdown on the first drive and took a 7-0 lead in Baltimore, suddenly setting off the radar of teams around the league who had needed the, the upset to make it to the playoffs. The Ravens responded by punting, uh, not just once on their first drive, but also on their second drive, their third drive, their fourth drive, and their fifth drive. And finally, on their sixth drive, with mere seconds remaining in the first half, they, they scored a field goal, making it 7-3. to three. The Ravens gave up a touchdown, a field goal, and uh, scored another touchdown on their own and made it a close game at the end. And their 6-9 and nine opponent drove 80 yards in 11 plays to score the go-ahead touchdown to make it 31-27. The Ravens, having two minutes and loads of timeouts, uh, could not convert even their first first down. They turned the ball over on downs in four plays and thus ended their season in the playoff hopes. Ladies and gentlemen, that game was only one year ago. You should be able to remember it. It was against the Cincinnati Bengals, the 6-9 Bengals. Uh, the situation this year is damn near the same. Uh, except for there's no Joe, Joe Flacco this time to to uh, burp, turn the ball. Burp, burp, burp. Exactly, no Burt. Um, so <laughs> history can repeat itself. Let us hope that history will repeat itself. Uh, FC Perch to this point, a fabulous podcast season for both of you. You're both the MVPs of the show. You're co MVPs, uh, and I sure hope we come back next week to talk after. Oh, we're coming back next week. <laughs> Steelers victory, a Browns victory, a miracle. It's a miracle. Uh, and in the meantime, I will just say, go get them, Steelers. Go Browns, Steelers. Go Browns. This is the end. Beautiful friend. This is the end. My only friend, the end of our elaborate plans, the end of everything that stands, the end. No safety or surprise, the end. I'll never look into your eyes again. Take a chance with us Come on baby Take a chance with us Come on baby Take a chance with us And meet me at the back of the Blue bus do not Blue rock on the Blue bus Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, 
Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.